the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557 is the number. We look at issues of the day from a Christian perspective. And so we try to get into different things that are in the news or different things that are, you know, of interest, maybe if you are a Christian. And one of the things that is important when it comes to news or politics, I believe, is that we try to really understand what the issue is, what kinds of things are being obscured by the media or by the left or the right as they try to make their case. And, you know, we have an election, obviously. Uh, the New Hampshire primary is going on today, and and uh, I don't know how interesting that'll be. We'll probably talk about that tomorrow, depending on what happens with all of that. But one, something that I encourage you to do, and I, I think this matters, one of the reasons I think it matters is not just for you, because I think we should all be informed citizens. I think every one of us should be informed voters. I like to believe, and I think that I'm right, I think most of you agree with me on this point, that if we all got together in a room or in you know some forum, we could come to some resolution of a lot of the big issues. I think 80% of us could actually find agreement on what ought to be done at the border, what ought to be done if in uh, lots of different situations that are debated in politics. I think that most people actually would agree with those things. And, you know, One of the ways I think that you have to get there, though, is you've got to read what actually is being presented versus what is actually being said. Okay, like sometimes a politician will say one thing, but really it's about something else, you know, and we use euphemisms. So if you are a uh, if you're pushing uh, for abortion rights, for example, you tend to not say abortion rights. You tend to say reproductive rights, you know, which includes anything related to being, you know, uh, to reproducing. And most of the things in that category, I think most people would agree with, actually. Uh, it's abortion that's the issue. I prefer the terms anti-abortion or pro-abortion to really talk about that issue. Same thing might be true with a uh, death penalty or, you know, uh, Second Amendment or different things like that. Sometimes we use euphemisms. Sometimes we just don't talk about it. I got curious about this because of the um, issues at the border. And the issues at the border are huge. They are They are significant for our country. They're significant for the Constitution. You know, one of the things that is with this Texas ruling, there's another Texas ruling that's basically the same thing that'll come down later. It gets a little complicated, but the uh, Supreme Court is not allowing Texas basically to maintain its own border security. And I would have predicted, I told you yesterday, I would have predicted that's where the Supreme Court uh, comes down because they the constitution says of the president or the executive branch really the that their job is to enforce the laws that they are to specifically take care to enforce the laws not 
try to pass new laws. That's the Congress's job. They can do that, but they're supposed to enforce the law. And so the current laws are not being enforced at the border. Almost everybody agrees with that. And that's where the Supremes kind of have come down. They came down with the same thing on Trump, right? Trump had, uh, you know, they called it the Muslim ban, but it really was a, a ban on specific nations like Iran and a few countries that want to kill us. And the Supremes supported Donald Trump at that time because he is, as the president and the executive branch constitutionally, in charge of enforcing the law and making policy on those things. And so what's interesting about the Supreme Court voting five to four is that there is a, I think a few years ago, it would have been nine to nothing, frankly. Um, I think that what's happening now is there's a breakdown constitutionally in our country. Somebody made the, the argument today. There's a bunch of arguments that actually aren't very good, but I thought this one was pretty good. They said, you know, if a, and this has to do with whether or not the state has the right to do the job of the federal government if the federal government re, uh, refuses to do it. It's very clearly the job of the federal government to control the border, to pass. It's the job of the Congress constitutionally for all the laws related to immigration, and it's the job of the executive branch, the president and Homeland Security, all those executive uh, branch uh, departments to enforce the law, to see to it that it gets done, right? And if they're not doing it, that's a problem. So that's what's being argued in Texas is, hey, the 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 federal government's not doing its job. They're not upholding the law. Our citizens are being affected by it. Our, our cities and our states, and now, you know, there's happening all over the country, are being affected by this. We have to do something. So the analogy was, what happens if a foreign power decides to, you know, militarily invade? If Russia were to decide to, to, decide to invade Alaska or North Korea invades Oregon, would Oregonians have the right to defend themselves or Alaskans have the right to defend themselves if the federal government decided not to send in the troops, which is the federal government's job? And would, they, would those states be required to go to the Supreme Court to get permission to defend themselves? Well, obviously, the answer is no to that. Uh, this is a little bit different, uh, obviously, um, but it's in principle, the problem is as soon as you allow states to do what the federal government is constitutionally supposed to do, you're dissolving the Constitution, right? It's, it's a, I think it's a constitutional crisis that we're looking at that's a big deal. It's important to understand kind of those things. And then when you get into immigration, you've got a lot of different issues because you've got issues of people who are suffering, who have tremendous suffering with poverty or with uh, dangerous situations and persecution in different parts of the world. I think 168 countries now are represented by people coming over the border. But you also have the issues of whether or not you know, of of legal crossing into the country, of do we want to just take everybody? We're already seeing some cases now of people who are here illegally who have committed terrific, uh, you know, terrible crimes, and they wouldn't be here. I know somebody personally whose child was killed in an accident, actually, but the accident was with somebody who was here illegally. And, you know, it could have been anybody. It wasn't even that person's fault, actually. However, the the thing you got to deal with is that person wouldn't be here if we were following our laws, right? As a parent, that's a real tough thing to, you know, to wrestle with and deal with. So anyway, I started wondering because we're having this Democrat and Republican fight about the border, and the the White House's line is always, "Hey, we presented immigration refer- reform on on day one." They keep saying this is uh, Karine Jean Pierre. The president spoke to this last week uh, a little bit too. He said, you know, he he called out. He said to House Republicans, do you really want to actually fix this problem? Do you really actually want to uh, do the work that's needed? 
to deal with the issue that we're seeing at the border? Do you really want to fix this immigration system? I'm adding on to what the president said, but that's a question for House Republicans. I think we have proven, Republicans in the Senate and Democrats in the Senate, have proven that we actually want to work on this issue, uh, on this broken system. And so, look, if they are real about this, if they want to fix this problem, then they would get involved. They would get involved, but they haven't, right? You heard me say back at the end of uh, last year, they left in the middle of December while negotiations were happening with Republicans in the Senate and the Democrats in the Senate. So, you know, this is a real problem. This is an issue that uh, Americans care about, and they want to see it done in a bipartisan way. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying. I don't know why House Republicans continue to get in the way. Have you ever heard, you know, and both sides do this kind of thing. They say a lot of stuff, but she doesn't say what those negotiations are. John Kirby uh, said the same thing. What is the president's plan? This is happening just weeks after 300,000 people came into this country over the southern border illegally. The razor wire officials down there think was keeping some of them out. And you guys just sued and won to remove it. On, on behalf of the Border Patrol who needed who needed to have better access to it. Look, let me go back to your other question. And I, I know I'm running short on time, so I, I, won't, I won't filibuster here, but what's the plan? Please look at the stuff we've put forward. The immigration reform uh, legislation that the president put forward on day one. The work we're doing in the region. Just last week, we had uh, Mexican officials here to talk about how together we have and will continue to try to stem the flow of migrants. You mentioned the, the numbers. No question there's a lot of people trying to make that journey, but it's not just to the United States. It's to other countries in the world, in the, in the region. We're seeing historic movement. Not, not since World War II have we seen this many people on the move in this hemisphere. And the Mexicans are really stepping up and trying to do the more, the, more on their southern border to keep that flow going north lower. And, and we have seen in recent weeks some success at that. The, the, the idea that we don't have a plan or a strategy or we're not taking this seriously is just not borne out by the facts. And, you know, again, if the, if, if the folks in the, on the House Republican side are, are serious about border security, and they claim they are, then they should act on the supplemental request and, you know, let's negotiate this in good faith. The president has said he's willing to make uh, compromises. He's willing to negotiate in good faith. So so let's let's have that t- discussion. Do you notice that, uh, and this is very typical, that there's no facts, there's nothing specific. Like what really is being talked about here? Like what actually is is being done? So I I decided to look at. I always look at it, but I've kind of missed it on this. I keep hearing, okay, the president uh, on day one, he gave um, legislation to the Congress to consider about uh, reforming our immigration system. For sure, that needs to be done. How can you not, you know, it, it is broken, all the different terms for it. I think people, everybody agrees and disagrees. And this, by the way, isn't to uh, defend the Republicans on things, because when they're in charge, they didn't really do a lot either. And, uh, you know, I think that there is a something for uh, both sides in keeping this argument going. But at the same time, there's a lot of problems. I decided to look up today the actual legislation that the Biden administration gave to the Congress uh, on day one, which is pretty close to day one. It was February 18th, 2021. So in his first month of office. And you know what? It's funny to me because it matters so much to really understand where these things are going. Like with the all of the Trump legal cases, we haven't talked about that for a long time. But what I've 
asked you to do is go read them. If you really want to know what is being said, what's not being said, go read them. It'll take you a little while, but uh, you won't understand all the legalese and a lot of them, but a lot of it's pretty straightforward. And I think immediately upon reading them, you kind of understand, okay, this is bogus. These things might be more serious. And you kind of get an idea of what really is happening. If you like to be informed, then you just have to take a few minutes. Don't read, you know, some bills are you know, hundreds of pages. You're not going to read all that, but there is a summary. And uh, so I decided to read it. What would you say the the immigration reform legislation that John Kirby was talking about that was given to the Congress on day one, what do you think that bill is called? Like, what is the name of that bill? I would have expected it to be the Immigration Reform Act of 2021. I almost assumed that's what it must be called. The name of the bill doesn't always tell you what's in the bill, right? And you got to read it and really kind of find out. And there's politics and there's loopholes and a lot of that's deliberate. Sometimes it's accidental. Sometimes it's very deliberate. There's just a lot of stuff, right? What would you say it's called? You know what it's called? It's called the United States Citizenship Act. That's the name of it. That's <laughs> and I thought, well... If you're wondering why the Republicans won't deal with President Biden's uh, immigration reform bill, they never say what it's called and they never say what's in it. And I realized I haven't quite uh, even come to that idea until I just read it. I go, oh, it's called the U.S. Citizenship Act. Basically, the entire purpose of the bill is to establish citizenship for anybody who comes into our country illegally. That's the bill. And I'll get into some of those details. But that's the reason, by the way, that Republicans aren't for it. And actually, most Democrats aren't for it either. If it really came to push, you know, uh, to a vote, probably it doesn't even pass uh, on that because most people, I don't think, agree with that. At least they don't agree if you don't just close the border, because if you don't control the border, then everybody's coming in and everybody's a citizen and it just doesn't matter. But you can't sustain that. So we're already seeing breakdowns in New York and Chicago and L.A. and San Diego and all of these different cities around the country, plus all the border towns, complete societal breakdown. It will um, make it impossible for the country to run, actually. That's why you've got these mayors in all these big cities who are screaming about it. And, uh, you know, making people citizens doesn't change uh, the number of people who come and who are unable to be educated, who are in a bad situation. There's just there's a whole lot to it. And there is a compassion standpoint. What do we do for so many people who are in poverty, so many people who are there are many people who have very bad intentions, right, who are here to uh, commit crimes. We're seeing some of that. You know, what do we do? None of that's being asked. Okay. Uh, that's actually the name of the bill. It's called the U.S. Citizenship Act. This, by the way, is the Pastor Scott Show. We look at issues from a Christian perspective, and you can call in if you'd like to join the conversation, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I've almost found that laughable that that's the name of it. Like, why don't we ever hear that? And why? I haven't heard that in any media, conservative, liberal media. As you know, I try to watch all sides because I want to get people's perspective on it. And I'm somebody who I've been to Central America. I think it is a important and great missional opportunity for all of our churches. It's not far away. There is so much good that we can do for people that's not very far. I think we ought to be doing that. And I think that true compassion is something that matters. You know, inviting people here and not being able to do anything for them and ignoring homeless people or ignoring people who we have here who are in poverty already, ignoring the school system, crashing the school system in certain cities and certain parts of our towns. I don't think that's compassionate at all. I think, uh, you know, when you say you're a sanctuary city, but then when people show up, you refuse to sanctuary them or you're unable to sanctuary them, then you were just saying something, but you didn't mean it. 
right? And you couldn't possibly mean it. So here we have the United States Citizenship Act. This is what it says. This is the Congress website, congress.gov, just explains the bill. And you can read the same thing on the White House, uh, White House website. It explains it also. Uh, this bill establishes a path to citizenship for certain undocumented individuals. The bill also replaces the term alien with non-citizen. Uh, so if you read the law as it is, it uses the term illegal alien. You know why it uses that term? Because that's what that term means. It's not meant to be some kind of insult. You know, if I sneak across the border into Mexico or Canada, I'm an illegal alien in those countries. Uh, That's just what the word means. It doesn't mean I come from another planet. It's not a word that actually means inhuman. At any rate, they want to change the term, and that's, you know, fine, non-citizen. It's it's not the same thing, though. Alien is, you know, it's, I don't know. It probably doesn't matter, but there is a an approach to this bill about making everybody citizens. And at some point, by the way, you're going to have to do something. I don't think it's likely at all that a President Trump or a President anybody is going to deport 10, 15, 20 million people. That's that's not going to happen. I think there might be a lot of deportations. I think you could control the border. I think you could stop the flow. I think there's a lot of things you can do to stop things from where they are. Personally, you know, I think that we're going to hear, oh, we're going to deport all these people. I don't, I don't think we are. Uh, you're going to have to do something. But you can't do something without, without stopping the problem. And it is a problem. The New York Times actually even had an article about this, which shocked me, saying essentially from a guy who isn't in support of Donald Trump or his policies that Trump is right about this. That you don't have a country if you don't have a border. And that's true. Historically, that's true. So here's the rest of the thing that the bill does. It establishes a new status of lawful prospective immigrant. See, and that's what the Biden administration wants to do. And effectively what they're doing is that instead of being illegal aliens, you'll be called non-citizens and specifically you will be called lawful prospective immigrants. Okay. And that shall be, that status shall be available to an applying non-citizen, sorry to use the term, to who meets certain requirements um, including being continually present in the United States from January 1st, 2021. So from January 1st, 2021, if you were here already at that point, then you your new status would become lawful prospective immigrants. So that's the amnesty. That's, that's what the bill says. That's why the Republicans won't vote for it. That's why they won't even consider it. And to be honest, the Democrats wouldn't do it either if it were a serious bill. I find this this kind of thing, right, when you understand this, this helps you understand what really is happening. And you don't hear a lot of this from uh, the media. I'm kind of irritated that because this took me five minutes to find this out, and this is right there in your face to to read it. Okay, uh, the bill provides permanent resident status to certain applying non-citizens or illegal aliens, as they're currently called, uh, specifically eligible people who come to the United States as a minor. So all the kids uh, who were eligible for temporary protected status, which is basically if you come here as a a political or religious refugee, you you get that. There's you know if you can if you say you're persecuted, that's what a lot of these people do. They come in and they say they're and they read it off something that somebody gave them. Oh, I'm this and that, and I deserve refugee status, um, legal stuff. Um, I've helped people who legitimately were fleeing persecution, where if they're sent back to their country, they would die, they would be killed. That there is a reality to that for some people, um, but not for everybody and not for most people. Uh, and I'm I'm all for people. If I were down there, I'd probably find a way into the United States. I you know I would I would I would hope that I would do it legally. 
Anyway, that's in the bill. There's a bunch of other stuff, but the bill also redefines for immigration purposes the term conviction to exclude convictions that have been expunged or vacated. That's probably fine, you know, if they were acquitted of something or, you know. Um, this one I like. I think this is what we should be doing. It requires the Department of State to implement a strategy to advance reforms in Central America and address key factors contributing to migration from the region to the United States. The best solution for all of this is a more healthy way of life and economy in particularly Central American countries. For Central American countries to go the way of uh, Costa Rica instead of Nicaragua. And I think the United States actually has a lot of power to influence that uh, for 100 years. I've thought that is something that we ought to be doing because it's beautiful in Central America. The people, most of the people I talked to who I worked with on mission trips, they don't want to leave. They love their country. They're proud of El Salvador or Guatemala or wherever they're from. They're proud of that. And it's just that there's tremendous pro- uh, crime, tremendous poverty, not a lot of hope. And uh, half of those countries went the Hugo Chavez way for a while, which made it even worse. Um, You know, I get it. And the United States has a lot of power with that. This is in the bill, though. Uh, And then there's there's one that requires Customs and Border Patrol sectors and stations to have a certain number of employees uh, with paramedic training. Okay, that's fine. People come over. They're going to die. You don't want that to happen. And then there's a part of it that also requires the United States to establish refugee processing centers in Central America. Meaning that if you want to come here, you just, instead of coming to a port of entry, which is the current law, you just show up at the United States Embassy or something and make your claims there. So there is, in the actual bill, and really my point is this, in the actual bill, it takes you a couple of minutes to realize why it's controversial and why it won't even be voted on. What do you think about this? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. Pastor Scott Show. Uh, Lynn and uh, Veronica, I'll get you your calls and others. As we return, you can follow me right now on social media. Look for at Pastor Scott Show. We got some fun stuff on Instagram, X, uh, TikTok, and Facebook. We'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you. 888-528-2557 is the number. We'll get your calls here in just a moment. I want to let you know, in case you missed the announcement yesterday. This year's a program that uh, formerly has been called Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile with Dennis Prager, and usually with a uh, pastor that you hear on our station regularly, has been changed this year to Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian. It'll be a Jewish and Christian dialogue that uh, it'll be a similar program, but this year they're going to focus maybe a little bit more on uh, Israel and some different ideas that Christians or Jewish people have uh 
on the subject of Israel. It's going to be March 12th at 7 p.m. at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. That is right here in Los Angeles, right off the 118 freeway near the 5 and the 405 where they come together and really easy to get to there. And uh, it probably will sell out. So I want to encourage you to start getting your tickets now. It's March 12th, 7 p.m. That's a Tuesday night, March 12th. It will include Dennis Prager and uh, it will include Pastor Alan Jackson. You hear Alan Jackson right here on this station. And of course, Dennis Prager on our sister stations, uh, Nash on the Dennis Prager Show, and uh, it'll be moderated by Dudley Rutherford, who's the pastor at Shepherd Church. So I want to invite you to be there. I'll be there, and uh, I'll be introducing the folks, and I'm looking forward to seeing you. Get tickets right now online. Go to kkla.com, click the Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian banner, and uh, get ready for that. It's going to be a good a good night, great, uh, great fun with each other, but we're going to learn a lot, and uh, I think that's really important. I think that there are many things that we've learned in the last few months, especially with uh, what's going on in Israel right now. And one of the things I think that we learn we learned a lot about is that we don't know what we're talking about a lot of the time. And so we want to uh, fix that. That's going to be part of it. All right, 888-528-2557. We're talking about uh, immigration reform, but specifically what I was getting at is that there's a lot of back and forth and a lot of politics, and I know both sides do this kind of thing. But the bill I decided to actually look at that the Biden administration put forward uh, as they came in office in February 2021, is called the United States uh, Citizenship Act. And the main focus of the bill is amnesty. It's an amnesty bill. And that's the reason that Republicans won't even discuss it. And I think if it really came to uh, to vote that particular bill, the Democrats wouldn't either. I think that people agree that there is a, a problem that needs to be addressed uh, first. They did this, by the way. There was an amnesty bill that President Reagan signed back in the 80s, a very similar idea. And everybody, if you were already here, you became a citizen. But part of the bill was, and then we're going to go fix the uh, border problem. Well, they didn't do any of the second half of it. And uh, here we are with the uh, same kind of problem. Uh, Lynn in Santa Monica, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Lynn? Go ahead, Lynn. Lynn? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and speak right into your phone. I'm curious. Um, it's been over three years since this president has been in the White House. Uh, why are these subjects just being talked about? Because they've been talking about them since he took his seat as president. Why are they just not being addressed? All this stuff has been going on. And and, and I just want to know if you can comment for me about, okay, we know the immigration, it's being challenged right now. I get it. Um, there's a lot of crime going on, but I, I'm, I'm curious, is there anything that's going to be done about those two toddlers at the Houston Galleria? of the seven illegals that uh, did what they did to those two-year-old toddlers? You're talking about those kids who were assaulted uh, in that uh, in that mall. Yeah, the two, two, they're two-year-olds, yeah. right? And it was seven men, seven grown men. Yeah, it was, and, it's a pretty terrible thing that happened, you know, there. You know, Lynn, one of the right, things that... Why do we have to keep talking about the immigration? It, it, nothing's being done, and it's, it's, he's on his way out as a president, and so much has happened. I'm just wondering... Is there anything going to be done? Because I follow the news, I follow it very carefully, and I listen to you every day. You know, one of the things I try to do, and really one of the reasons I'm bringing this up is because even from my perspective, and I try to pay attention, I'm I'm surprised that I just looked at this bill really today. I think I just kind of had some assumptions about it, and nobody brings up why. Why, why won't the Republicans look at this? Well, it's because it's an amnesty bill, and it's a no from the start. That All they have to do is say that. Why aren't any of the media saying this? And I, I think some of it is because – now, this is a 
a cynical attitude I have about this issue is that mm-hmm. I, I do think that neither side really really wants to solve it, and there's a couple of reasons. One is because both sides raise a lot of fundraising money on it. Um, right. And I think also there is a, a sense that, and I don't like this at all from a humanitarian standpoint and from an American standpoint, there's a sense that we need to have some kind of permanent underclass of people who will do farm work or jobs, you know, say jobs nobody wants because you can pay them less than minimum wage because they're not citizens, which right. I think I think that is all wrong. I think, you know, you it's just a view of people that I think is wrong. And I think that's baked into a lot of this. The reason you're hearing about it now is because it's probably the number one political issue. And you're going to have Trump versus Biden and you're going to have this potentially be number one. Um, will it get solved one day? You know, it'll have to get addressed, but uh, I don't know. So I think part of why I hope that, you know, when we talk about it as informed citizens, that we actually know what's being put in these bills. I think that's something that we see even locally with the stuff going on in our schools and in our state. What actually is in the bill versus what do people say? Like, why don't they just call it, why doesn't the Biden administration just call it the, uh, United States Citizenship Act of 2021. We want to give amnesty to all these people. And why don't the Republicans come back and just say, yes, that's correct. They want to give amnesty. We're against it. Why don't you just say that? Instead, nobody's saying that. And uh, that bugs right. me. That- can I, yeah. Can I say something? Because, you know, I'm born and raised in Southern California and everything is upside down and it's a struggle. And um, I'm in the automotive industry and my family owns dealerships. The people that are being approved for cars, I don't know how they're doing it. They're they're walking in with uh, little Visa cards with money on them, and they don't speak any English. I'm just saying, the immigration, I, I don't know how they're getting these cars, how they're getting the money, and well, some people, they don't speak any English. Some people are some working people pretty hard. I mean, there's a reality that, uh, you know, if you're paying when, your bills, you're getting it somewhere. When we run their FICO score, when we run it, we know who has a job and who, how long they've had it. Right, but okay, some, we know some people aren't working legally and still making some money. It, so it gets very, very complicated, you know, with all Something of that. needs to really be done, and it's really, really sad, yeah. Yeah. the situation of the world and the states. But it is. I, I, just, I, lo- I love listening to you. I love the things that you talk about. I just have to get that off my chest because the immigration is it's scary to me. Thank but you. you know what? God bless you for everything you do. And uh, keep up the good work, okay? Well, thank you, Lynn. I appreciate that. And, you know, I think that part of the solution to any of these things is we just need to talk about what they really are. And, you know, stop all the euphemisms and stop this and that. Let's just talk about it as we are. But I think that's hard to do, especially if, you don't, if you're raising money, if you don't really want to solve it. That's part of what politics is, but it's not the good part of it. 888-528-2557. Eric in Corona, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott. How are you doing? I'm good, Eric. How are you? Good, good. Hey, just like yourself, I'm a political junkie. And the funny thing is, is that I was listening listening to you earlier, and I started laughing because I actually pulled up the bill myself over the weekend in an argument with a friend of mine. <laughs> Did it surprise and, you and, like it and, surprised and, me that that's the title of the bill and that's what this is? Because to me, it's like, oh, well, now I know why they're not even considering it. Well, yeah, yes and no. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with it. Well, here, here, let me say this. I don't have a problem with the bill itself. For, for this reason, for one, presidents don't make legislation that goes to the Congress. Mm-hmm. So all, all, all 
Biden did was essentially send recommendations and requests. Here's, here's my suggestion of what we do. He can't pass the bill anyway. The second part of that is no bill survives contact with committees, and it certainly doesn't survive contact with, with bills. If you read through it, there are about 10 items in there. Six of them are legitimate items. Why couldn't there be why, – why, why, couldn't, why couldn't this be presented to a committee and say, guys, there's 10 items here. Let's negotiate and say this is, this is available, this is not available, this is negotiable, this is non-negotiable. Because we're not going to deport 11 million people, for one. Mm-hmm. Two, 11 million people don't want to become citizens. Some people just want to come here and make a living, send some money back to Guatemala. Mm-hmm. It, it does, it, and it doesn't provide citizenship to every single person that comes here. It says under certain conditions. It says, there, when you talk about specific languages, under certain under, uh, certain people, under certain conditions. Yeah, it's everybody can, before you, January 1st, 2021, though. So that's but it, but it's still, the majority but it, but of people. Still, but it's still under certain conditions. And, and a lot of those conditions have to have, have to be criminal records, right? So... Uh, again, I'm not. I'm yeah. not. I'm not saying. Well, and I think. I think Eric I'm and I got. A, not, I got a bunch I'm of calls, so I want to get to them. But Eric, I think you know. I probably you when you talk about the six of the ten that maybe should be really considered. That's I think part of the big issue is why don't we just why don't both sides just come out and say you know what four of these ten we're not they're not even on the table let's not do it but let's talk about these other ones, you know like influencing uh, other countries and helping other countries develop so that people don't need to come up here. I think we have an incredible amount of influence in the United States to, to do that. Um, but I think that that's where, that's where my personal cynicism comes in where I'm not sure they want to. That's why they don't. And I think, uh, we've been saying that since 1960. Oh yeah. Oh, way, way before that. Cause, uh, you know, there've been a couple of deportations that were pretty significant, you know, uh, in the fifties, Eisenhower did it in, uh, 1930s. I think it happened. The teens that happened, um, you know, so it's, Obama it's been a it. thing, you know, <laughs> Obama, but Obama did it. there's always some deportations, but I think that what I'm getting at here is I feel like more of this would happen that we could find a solution. I bet all of us who are listening right now, if we could get together, I bet we would pretty much agree on what needs to happen and we would make a good decision. And I think that most yeah, of us, and I think that most of us as citizens, if we're more aware of what the bills actually say, even just the summaries, and we get on the phone and call our reps, I'll bet they represent us better if we actually know. Eric, appreciate your call. i got to go to a break here in a second. Uh, I see your other calls here, uh, Christine and David and Ted and others. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can get the podcast of The Pastor Scott Show, and I encourage you to do that so you never miss an hour. Just look for The Pastor Scott Show wherever you get your podcasts and click subscribe or follow and, uh, and do that. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Great to be with you today. By the way, if you are in uh, San Diego, how's it going? What happened yesterday? You guys flooded out. And I lived in San Diego for 25 years, 
And I've never seen what happened down there in that storm uh, yesterday. So uh, I hope that you're doing fine. I talked to a couple of friends who are okay, but uh, some of the neighborhoods, it's pretty rough uh, down there. Give me a call if you uh, were experienced the flooding, 888-528-2557. What we're talking about now is uh, immigration. And, uh, you know, one of the things that is interesting to me that matters is I think we just, with so many issues, not just this one, we don't talk about what it really is. We don't talk about what's really in the bill, what the bill is called. You know, the Biden administration keeps saying the Republicans just need to vote on the bill that they put down on day one, and they did. They put a bill out, but it's called the United States Citizenship Act. It's not the United States overhaul of our Immigration Policies Act. It's the United States Citizenship Act. The primary thing in it is just an amnesty bill. And to me, you could discard the whole conversation just by saying, look, Republicans and even some Democrats are never going to go for that. Uh, So let's talk about some other things that maybe we could actually solve. But nobody's saying that. And then ultimately, nothing gets solved. And I think that the solution probably is an informed citizenry, that we have got to be on the ball. Now, this is national politics. It's national news. It's a big deal. It's affecting everybody's life for sure. But the same thing is true even with your local politics, things happening in your city councils and your your board of county supervisors, the, the your school boards. It's time for Americans to read the bill. It's time for Americans to understand, Republicans and Democrats, stop just voting R's and D's. Figure out what actually is being done, because we're not even told often what the reality is. And uh, I think we would mostly agree or find reasonable compromise on a lot of stuff if we were actually able to understand the truth about things. 888-528-2557. Christine in Riverside, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Christine. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Go ahead. Um, I I wanted to ask you about, I I don't think people are talking about the fact that um, by having these wide open borders, we've got a lot of immigrants coming across, and they're not talking about what's actually happening to these people just coming across. The, they have women and young girls getting raped. It's like a regular thing mm-hmm. as they come across. They have cartels that are taking advantage of them, taking the boys and forcing them into gangs. Um, some of the women and children into sex slavery. I just don't understand as a country why we would let this happen, you know, to, to people that are just trying to come to our country. It, you know, they may be coming for a better life and stuff, but I just think it's absolutely wrong what's happening to these people. It's one of the arguments that is such a that needs to be talked about where I talk about how compassion is not compassion if you're not dealing with this. Right. It is. It's not compassion when you find out as we and we found out last year. I don't know if you remember this story, but there was a whistleblower who was working out here in Pomona where they're taking in all the kids who come across without parents or without supervision. Right. And what do you do with these kids? Well, you know, people would sign up to take care of these kids. Right. Like foster parents type of thing. Right. Well, it turned out that these kids are getting trafficked, that the the adult, the human traffickers were taking these kids into that horrific life. And uh, if you Google, her name was Tara Lee Rhoda. She was a whistleblower who was saying, hey, this is what's happening. And the story is just and this is just one place right here in in Pomona, where I think the number was 374. I'm looking it up here in one one story, at least 374 kids, you know, placed with traffickers. And that's, uh, you know, a a horrific. That's the wrong number on the story, but it's a huge number of kids put with traffickers. And we're not talking about that. And you're right that there is, 
you know, some people are able to come. They have a contact, right? They have somebody that they're going to see. Many of the people, you know, the New York Times had a story that said maybe only 10% of people who are going to New York and Chicago are being sent there by the governor of Texas on the bus or the governor of Florida on the bus, right? That most people are going and they, they come across the border and they know exactly where they're going. They already have an idea. Um, but a lot of these people, they really don't. And horrific things are happening to them. And it is part of the story. And um, we have to keep talking about that. It matters greatly. Christine, thank you very much for calling the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Ted, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Ted, City Angels, Pastor Scott, thank you for your wonderful show. Um, I just want to bring up the fact that... Uh, you know the terrorists their their uh, method of operation uh they came out and said it long time ago that we will come into your country will you we will use your freedoms against you we will infiltrate your government and we will take you down so there has to be some sort of a um protection plan against this kind of terroristic uh you know activity and 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 I'm not saying that you know, people are, are, God loves all of us. I don't care what border. He has no borders. We know that. Uh, my sister married an El Salvadorian guy that came, came across the Rio Grande. I have a niece and a nephew that are half Salvadorian and love them dearly. And, uh, you know, Joshua will be inheriting my stingray well, yeah. one day. <laughs> There's obviously, yeah. you know, and I think we're talking about millions of people. Most people aren't terrorists, and most people aren't people who are here to sell drugs or other stuff, but some are, and even if you break it down by the smallest percentage, it's thousands of people who are coming across who are here to do bad things. Um, and that's Amen. part of that's part of the uh, the problem. Ted, thanks for your call, 888-528-2557. You know, it, it's important, I think, and from a Christian perspective, that we realize a lot of what Ted just said is that you know, we have to care for people that they're, whether they're on this side of the border or that side of the border, we're not told to care for the poor and the oppressed because they're in our, you know, one place or the other. We're supposed to do it wherever. Um, but that doesn't mean that you don't have reasonable laws. That doesn't mean that you don't keep laws. Every every country in the world has, um, they have borders. In fact, the the article I was referencing from the New York Times that was a guy who doesn't like Donald Trump, but defending him on the border issue, you know, one of the things he said is you can't have borders where you just let anybody and everybody in, that you have to filter out people who are here for bad reasons. You have to say, hey, this person is from a country that is uh, very likely that maybe this person is a terrorist. There was one of these people interviewed. I watched this video where uh, one of the guys who came over the border, you know, uh, who are you and why are you here? And he had this threatening. He said, you'll find out who we are soon. Well, what does that mean? Is this a, you know, a James Bond movie? What, what do you mean by that? People all took it as a threat. Well, I hope that guy's just mouthing off, right, and saying something funny. But there might be people, very likely, in fact, people who are here who intend to do us harm. And in some cases, they would get through no matter what. But in other cases, they would be filtered out. That's the way it used to be done. You didn't just – and this is the way it is in other countries. In other countries, you don't get to just show up and say, I'm here, make me a citizen. You have to go through a process if you wanted to move to name your country of the world. You can't just move there without agreeing that you will follow the laws and that you will contribute to the culture the way they want it to be developed. 
And you can't say, no, I'm coming here and I'm completely opposed to everything this country stands for. It is okay to say to that person, you don't get to come here then. That's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. In the Bible, where it talks about immigrants and the oppressed, there is so much about taking care of people and taking care of the migrant, take care of the sojourner, take care of people who come in. But if they want to stay, they got to accept Israel's God. If they want to stay, they got to follow the laws of the land and they got to commit to it. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. That's not a, uh, that is not a wrong idea. See, you take care of people for who they are. And I, that's one of the reasons I think it's so important that we look at poverty around the world in particular. And uh, we recognize that there is an obligation for us. There is something for us to do that would really help alleviate the reason why a lot of people are coming. And that would be a good thing. 888-528-2557. Let me take one more call here. Linda and Chino, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Scott. Thank you for taking my call. First-time caller. Oh, let me give you the the official first-time caller uh, fanfare, if I can find it here. I have this computer, and I can't see the mouse. Is that because I'm an old guy, and I can't see the arrow? <laughs> there we go. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Um, I was going to say, you know, with the, I work at the social services here in uh, Ontario. Yeah. So I see that every day, you know, the influx of uh, so many people that are coming in. And, you know, the thing is, a lot of them, unfortunately, they're not really prepared. Mm-hmm. A lot of them that don't know how to read, how to write. Yeah. They're very, yeah. you know, they're, I mean, our system is uh, over, it's, I mean, it's, it's just being overwhelmed. And what happens to I mean, them? Can, so when they come in, how do you help them? What what happens? Well, they're they're applying for health care benefits. You and, know, they're and that's the main reason they're seeing seeing you. Yeah, yeah, they come in the office. You know, they come straight. You know, right from crossing, mm-hmm. and they come in, and you know, from all over. They're coming from all over the world. Yeah, we're being inundated from China, from Middle East from Honduras, from Colombia, from everywhere. It's just, I mean, they say the healthcare system cannot keep up. Of course, I mean, you're talking about a lot of people are coming in daily. Yes, every day. You know, and it's interesting from your perspective, you know, because it's, there are some people who find their way and they find some help. Maybe they have family here and they find a way to do it. But there are other people who are lost and in danger, in physical danger. Um, and, uh, and and they won't be educated. It's it's just a humanitarian disaster that doesn't need to be. Exactly. And, you know, I think they're, they're being told, they tell us, you know, we had a huge group that was, uh, I think dropped, uh, the bus Mm -hmm. station and they just told them to go and apply, you know, for benefits. But I mean, there's, it's just not possible to help so many people. There has to be. You know, um, there has to be a, a point where, you know, it's like this cannot be sustained, you know. Yeah, and I appreciate uh, your call. You know, we're, we... we're about out of time here, Linda. I thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show and sharing that. I think that we need to we need to let people know this side of it. It matters, and we have to care. We are out of time for today. We're on each and every day from 3 to 5, Pastor Scott Show. You can follow me right now on social media. There's some fun stuff on there, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. You can also get the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Just look that up. All right, everybody, we'll see you tomorrow from 3 to 5 in the Pastor Scott Show. Good night, and God bless. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.